Welcome to the Tales from Travellers podcast, a show that aims to share the unique experiences of expats, travellers and those who've decided to make a life abroad. I'm your host Greg, and through our guests' unique experiences we'll be exploring the challenges and rewards of adjusting to a new culture, making connections, pursuing a career, or even raising a family in a different part of the world. Whether you're a seasoned traveller or new to the expat lifestyle, this podcast could be an insightful tool or just a fun distraction if you're considering moving abroad. Today's guest is a returning guest and the first one on the show. You may remember Ellie deciding to make the move to Canada. Quite a quick turnaround from inception to execution, but let's find out a little bit more. So Ellie, welcome back. And I suppose with pride, shall we say, could you say where you are in the world right now? I was going to say good morning, but I guess it's good afternoon now for you. So it's 9.19 here precisely, and I'm in Toronto in Ontario. I'm still getting used to kind of... um just like the dynamics of the layout and how huge this country is. Um, but yes, I'm currently sat in my Airbnb within Yorkville, Toronto, which is a beautiful area and it is very, very sunny and gorgeous. And I feel, well, I am physically and emotionally millions and millions of miles, not millions, thousands of miles away. And it's still very strange, very strange. Right now you've been there for two weeks, is it? So I flew, I arrived in Toronto at 9pm-ish, um, oh gosh, well I was at the Airbnb about 9pm on the 11th of April and that was, so in two day time it'll be two weeks, so just under two weeks basically and that has flown by. Yeah, I mean to be fair, I mean we, we were saying this before, it only seems like yesterday that you messaged me saying that Canada is going to be happening and that was over a year ago and now... Time flies, and even more so now that you're in a different country having fun. Yeah, time flies when you are making chaotic life decisions just to move abroad. Yeah, well, you know, as long as, long as they're healthy, you know, chaotic decisions. Exactly. Chaotic good, let's go with that. I'm totally mentally stable and just, yeah, living my best life. That is exactly how I would describe you. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Yeah, wonderful. Absolutely. Amazing. Okay, fine. <laughs> so... Let's go through this step by step. Obviously, in our last chat, we, we discussed, obviously, what you were planning, what you were looking forward to, what you were doing. But now a few of these things are in the past. You've done it. And the big panic that really kind of came when speaking to you, um, you kind of went, I think, radio silent to a lot of people, the packing. To Ellie, oh. there, there is no such thing as too many crop tops. But oh. tell me, <laughs> how was the packing in when it actually came to packing? Great, great, great. Have Okay, so basically my plan was I will tell my mum everything I want to take with me and then she will then have the job of fitting it all in the two suitcases I took. Turns out it was so over the weight limit and I was, my mum was like, Ellie, you're going to have to narrow this down. Have you heard of Sophie's Choice, that film, is it Meryl Streep, where she has to choose between the two children? It was like that. It was like Sophie's Choice, but nearly. Um, I am still thinking about some of the crop tops I've left back in Southampton, but... It was really, I'll be honest with you, Greg, it was an emotionally turbulent time, but I think it took, I'd say about three solid days, and then we actually went back, and then the next morning, me and my mum were sleeping, and the next morning, she'd, or she'd text me at 4am and be like, I think we need to take some more weight out, and I'd be like, yeah, I agree, this is too heavy. So that went on for about three, maybe three to four days, and then finally we got it to about 19kg for my big case, and the max is 23, and then about 13 for the small, don't know how that works. But either way, we got it down and I'm really pleased that I did kind of like make those very tough choices of what to take, 
or not to take because you are like, even though there are amazing suitcases and I was like, you know, you can roll them, it's still like tiring. So I would advise anyone like me who wants to take their entire life's worth of clothes to consider your muscles and like, I don't have, I say that, look, I feel like I've got a bit of muscle you've now. Some, you've got some Maybe muscles. Is that just from the airport? I don't really know. For all those who can't see me, I'm just flexing. But I don't know if that's from the airport or not. But we got there in the end, Greg. And yes, I would highly advise, uh, what's the word? Investing in good quality suitcases. Because, oh my God, the difference those made was amazing. Uh, amazing. Yeah. Again, because I know you're quite a summary person. And I don't want to keep coming back to the crop tops. But we were... No, I'm right now. I'm in a crop top right now. Well, there now. we go. So... <laughs> There are certain um, guarantees in life, and one of them will be that Ellie will have a crop top to hand. Um, and there's not many certainties in this world, but that's one of them. No, you've got to stick with the ones you have. They make you feel safe. Yeah, exactly. And we, we kind of mentioned, obviously, when we were chatting, we I think we must have chatted on the podcast. I think we recorded it potentially around January, February time. So it was very cold in England. It was about Jan, yeah. And you think of Canada, you think you don't think of it being a warm, warm place. but. No. You've uh, you've arrived there, and from what we've seen, that the weather is is looks warmer than it is here. More, there's more consistent shots of Ellie's Instagram with the crop top than there is with the coat. Is what I've kind of pieced together. Yeah, the balance is slightly off. It's the last couple of days I've been like, this weather is just chaotic. Um, but when I arrived, it was I think probably for the first like solid four days, which was really lovely, by the way. It was suddenly like twenty to twenty five degrees every day. Um, and when you arrive and you're unemployed, like I was, that's great for when you go out and do your kind of like coffee walks or your little, you know, daytime excursions, whatever they may be. So it was amazing to have that. And I messaged one of my um, old work colleagues who lives here and she's Canadian and moved back here. And I was like, oh God, it's actually too hot. I kind of want the cold Canadian weather. And she was like, do not say that. We have been waiting for this for months. Apparently the week before it was like minus nine, minus 10. Um, so thank God, like, I guess maybe I brought the sunshine with me. Maybe it's the crop tops, Greg. Yeah, maybe, know. you know. But maybe the, I'm just a good omen. Canada yeah. achieves what Ellie's mind believes, let, let's say that. Exactly. But it's just very up and down. Apparently that was very strange that it was that warm. Um, but now I think it's going to be about 10 degrees today. I'm going to go see the cherry blossom and with a couple mm. of friends. I'm very, very excited for that, for oh, the wow. Instagrams. Keep, yeah. keep your eyes peeled. Stay tuned, everyone. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The, the Canada story begins and continues. Oh, yes. I think I've lost two followers only so far, which is very impressive. I would have unfollowed me. Well, you know, you know, it's early days. You've got to give people, you know, that time, you know, that, con- that quality of content might might vary. But, you know. Yeah, it's going to get to the CN Tower. I'm doing so much next week, by the way. So, like, I think I'm going to get muted continuously, which yeah. is fair. Like, I have nothing against that. Yeah. And, well, I, I see that you've, I mean, I think it was within, within, within week one, I think you've created two highlights for Canada already. You're, so Ellie is quite a fanatic when it comes to making highlight reels on her Instagram. Um, there, there are quite a few that I've, if I remember, nights out, girl trip, um, Hindus, and all yeah. this. But within a week, you've made two Canada ones that are, I don't know how many photos there are, but you've got as many photos in there as I've probably conducted across my whole Instagram life within those two but, weeks. Maybe, some may say. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is excessive. And the thing is, though, I obviously love posting on Instagram, but the main reason I make the highlight reels is more for myself. So whenever I do leave Canada, if I leave Canada, um, 
I can look back at them and be like, oh yeah, that was great, that was great. And I'll sit and go through my London ones that I used to make now that I've left. And I did it a couple of days ago when I was like missing some friends. And I was like, I'm really glad I made these highlight reels. <laughs> it's like the modern version of having like a physical photo album is my, if I like, you know, for this generation. Maybe that's very Gen Z of me to say that, but I really like it for my own, I guess it's narcissism, Greg. <laughs> well, hey, you, you and me are exactly the same. Look at my own stories, um, but no, I like it. It's just a nice little way to look back on my memories. And if anyone else watches it, aka my mum, then you know I hope it makes them happy. Yeah. I quite like it. It's it's quite nice after all this time of you talking about Canada. It's really nice to see you out there enjoying it and have, kind of still. I suppose would would you say these two weeks you're are you still in the honeymoon phase of Canada? Um, I've had loads of people ask me this. Every time I FaceTime someone, they're like, oh my God, how are you feeling? How are you feeling? Oh my gosh, you're so brave. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you've done it. But it feels weirdly very like non-stressful. I think maybe because I was leading up to it for a year and had so much time to prep. And now I'm here. I think my preparation has hugely paid off for things like even like researching what I'll need to do about a bank account, what I'll need to do about like my social insurance number. I think doing these even just little bits of research before have just saved me time here so I can just like relax and enjoy myself a bit more um, without the stress of being like, right, now I need to research how to do it now that I'm here. So I would advise anyone coming to do your research, if you're able to, do your research beforehand. Um, and oh my God, the, the, it alleviated my stress so much. So I can honestly say from the day that I moved here, from leaving my mum's until I literally getting to the Airbnb, no part of my journey was actually like stressful. Sometimes it was long and a bit boring, but none of it was actually stressful, which is a really kind of rare yeah. situation. No, I mean, that, that's, it's, it's an odd one, but I think when a lot of people think of these long haul flights, they get kind of stressed out. I mean, I, I think for me, again, similar to you, I, I tend to just take it as it is. I haven't flown in that direction, but let, let's talk about your actual travel getting there. Um, obviously, is tales and travellers. Yeah, so fr from from the airport, the UK airport, um, Heathrow. Yes. Heathrow. How was it? Let, let's just say dropping off the bags. Let's go from there. How did you find airport, plane, and getting off? This is the bit I was dreading. Okay, and this is the bit I'm really proud maybe to talk about. I try not to feed into it when people say how brave this is because I think the more you like feed into that the more you're like why is it brave and then you think oh my god this is actually a massive thing so I kind of just like yeah yeah I kind of brush it off but the bit I was most the bit where I thought I was most brave as it were was the travel and lots of people travel all the time but for me I'd never um I think I already touched on it in the other podcast didn't I I was very nervous of traveling so for me doing this alone was terrifying when I first said I was going to go I was planning to go with my um, one of my closest friends, Jess, and then she changed her plans, but is potentially coming up later in the summer. But anyway, I just kind of had to bite the bullet and say, I've got to do this on my own. What's the alternative? I just don't go. So yes, I think all the preparation really helped. I woke up on the morning of about 6am and I didn't feel too nervous, actually. I was okay. I was just like, shit, I guess I got to do this now, this thing I've been talking about. Um, so I literally just got up, got ready in the outfit I'd obviously laid out the night before, like last day of school. Um, I can't remember what I even ate for breakfast, maybe a banana, who knows. And then we drove to, so my mum and um, my mum's partner Paul, we drove to Heathrow. And it was, it was like a 1% stress trying to part, but overall even that wasn't that stressful. 
Um, so I got into Heathrow, which was extremely quiet. It was weirdly quiet, and I don't know why. There have been strikes the week before as well, like baggage handler strikes, which I was like, I'm just going to assume they'll be done by the time I go there. So luckily they were. Thank God they were done. Um, apparently flights were still going, so I don't think it would have stopped my flight, but obviously it's just not what you want to hear, is it? Anyway, so I got to the airport. I checked in my bag, like, immediately. There was no queue. Um, literally not one person. And then I, my mum was like, oh, shit, you actually have to go now. I think she was expecting that we'd have, like, more time. Um, and then I was kind of standing. I don't know if you've been to, I assume you've been to Heathrow, but do you know where the security bit is? It's not a huge airport, really. Terminal Terminal 2, I think. God, I can't remember now. Um, and it got to a point where I was like, right, I need to go through security now, mum. I've got to go. And she was just like, what? Like, we just, like, wait for, like, 10 minutes. Um, so I had quite a long emotional goodbye with my mum. So there were a lot of tears. Um, and that was probably the hardest, again, not stressful, that's probably the hardest part of my journey. Um, I was very emotional and just thinking about all the people I was, like, leaving behind. Very, you know what I'm like, Greg. Very dramatic. Um, but then security took 15 minutes, got through that. The only bad part of security, my Ugg boots fell out of the little tray and got squidged on the way down the, you know, bit. And I almost screamed and this woman next to me was like, and I was like, I'm sorry, they're brand new. <laughs> she just looked at me like I was insane. But apart from that, it was smooth sailing. Didn't get strip searched. As you know, I said, I didn't want to, did not get strip searched. So that was a plus. And then I just got to the airport, it's like through, and was like, right, I've got like three and a half hours to kill. Don't know what I did really. I think I went and had like a coffee and just like wandered around, went to WH Smith, you know, I think I sat in prep for like two hours. And then my actual flight was on time. Um, I had a panic wee like five minutes before boarding, <laughs> which is maybe that was stressful, I guess. And then the actual flight itself, I loved it. I loved the food. I know that's really strange. I, I was so excited that they gave you like free food. I also didn't realize that tea and coffee were free. So I immediately said no at the start. And then I saw other people getting it. And I was like, they're, they're, not, they're not paying for anything. So when it came back, I was like, can I have a tea? And then I had like three more. Um, so the flight was lovely. No turbulence. I cried as it took off. And then I cried as it landed. And then in between that, I just chilled. And I watched a couple of films, you know, ate some food. Um, so that was all lovely. It felt very surreal um, when I landed. I was like, I can't believe I've actually done it. I was very overwhelmed. Um, and then it was so simple just getting through. And then, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you already, but the only, the longest part of the whole process was the visa. Oh my God, Greg. So I wasn't stressed at any point in this process because I had all the documents and then some. So I had every single document you could possibly want. I had my birth certificate. Like I was so like, let me in this country. Um, so you get off the plane and then you go to uh, immigration before you get your bags. Well, I think you do. I did that anyway. So I was there without my bags, which is a big plus. And I was put into one queue and I was waiting in one queue for about an hour and that queue didn't move. And then I was put into another queue, which was so exciting, by the way. Nothing in this life is more exciting than, like, when a queue moves, when you're in an airport, it, or, like, your name is called, it's the best thing ever. Um, it's amazing. It's so British, isn't it? And I'm so good at queuing. And then I was put into another queue for about, I think I was queuing for maximum three hours. And the second queue, they kept bringing, like, these, I don't know what they're called, just, like, border like, officers, kept bringing random people and putting them into the front of the queue. So you'd be near the front and then suddenly someone else is in there. But you can't argue with them. And if you do, 
they literally, like, there was a couple of people that were getting really annoyed. And they were just like, did you think you could just walk into Canada? No, this is normal. And they were just like, I'm going to miss my flight. And they were like, that's not our problem. And I was like, oh, my God. So I wasn't scared by them. I was very, like, I, I respected their authority. <laughs> so that was quite scary. Um, well, no, not scary. No, I'm not going to say scary because I, I was chill the whole time. I think I was exhausted, so I was like, whatever. Yeah, I was just very, like, aware that they were very authoritative. And there was no point pushing back because it was just like, this is immigration, it is what it is. So people are there for so many reasons and they have to have a sense of authority. But anyway, finally got to the little post office style kiosk with a very beautiful border patrol man who I kind of fell in love with. I think just like maybe it was Stockholm Syndrome. I was in that room with him for so long. I was like, I think I, I love this man. Uh, he ultimately did not look at me in the same way I was hoping. But then he gave me my visa and he was just like welcome to Canada and I was like thanks and then off I went so that love story didn't work out as I thought it may oh. uh, I'm waiting for it Greg it's gonna happen okay but that wasn't the occasion well I mean that's that's not a bad little star I was kind of expecting you to say welcome to Canada and then you just said I just broke down I just broke down and then I just left I, yeah, just I, left. I turned around as I like, done it leaving I was like is he gonna say I mean can I just say I don't know what like gave me the audacity to think that he might actually be interested in me. I'd been on a flight for hours. I'd been traveling since like 6 a.m. I was like sweaty, no makeup. Like I was not looking my best self. I was a solid two, okay? I was a solid two out of 10. Um, so I don't know what possessed me to think. I think, again, I think I was just going crazy from queuing for so long. There was nothing else to do about from stare at this man. Anyway, he gave me my visa. He checked my health insurance, my passport, and my port of entry, nothing else. It's all my like proof of funds and stuff. That I'd like scrabbled, sort out, didn't check. Um, and then I went to get my bags, which had already been taken off the wheelie thing because another flight had come in and I'd been in border, I'd been in yeah, immigration for so long. Um, but luckily they were bright blue, so it was fine and I found them. And then I just got a taxi, and then I just, which was really easy, and then I just got here and I was like, well, I'm gonna have a shower and go straight to bed. <laughs> <laughs> what time did you arrive there? I got here and now here I am in a very very lovely high-rise tower block Airbnb yeah I mean again another thing that this this Airbnb you compare it to you know not 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 dunking on any of the Airbnbs in the UK <laughs> but the first I think photo again Ellie's Instagram journey is fantastic but you, you're seeing your yeah you're like a top floor you're living like the bougie life I mean I, I hear a lot of people talk about this Emily in Paris show or whatever and it's like I feel Ellie like you're, you're you're just living like the, the high life exactly it's very um so i'm here until the first of june and then i move in with lottie and kyle who you spoke to already for a few months and then i'm looking to kind of find a solo apartment from like september time ish assuming i get a job which we can touch on later um but it's beautiful here but i could never afford to live in this area normally i got a good offer on this airbnb but the clientele here greg is not you know i'm from tooting not well not from tooting but, you know i was living in tooting for three years it's very different um, but it's lovely, and I'm just going to enjoy it and pretend I'm Ellie in Toronto until the first of June, and then just you know go back to my normal life. I guess. Yeah, then, then reality kicks in. Exactly. But before, but before reality kicks in, you're living the bougie life. You're, you're. I say bougie too much on this podcast, but no, 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 no. you can never say it too much. <laughs> you can but. never say it. <laughs> let, let, let's talk about these first two weeks. Obviously, you're, you're you're still kind of adapting. You're still kind of sucking it all in. But let's um. <laughs> 
the the thing, and I've touched upon it multiple times. That that first night you've mentioned you've had a, that, those little breakdowns in the travel over there. How was the first night once you got there? Were you too tired to really kind of take it all in, or once you hit your head on that Airbnb pillow, did did reality kick in? It kind of was a bit of a strange one. So I met my lovely Airbnb lady, and she was like giving me the keys and explaining like this is for the mail room, etc. And I was just like, I was so tired. I was just like, yep, yep, cool. And her mum was with her. And her mum was just staring at me like this. I was just like, I just love hearing you talk. And I was just like, I look like trash. Like, you're so sweet. But I was like, I just need to get into bed. But I was like, thanks so much. So that was lovely. They were very, very sweet. And then I remember I took a picture going up in the, obviously, going up in the lift. Uh, and then I realised there was a camera in that lift. So the security member probably going to crack up all the pictures I've been taking. Um, and it still didn't really feel very real. And I got into the apartment. As soon as I closed the door behind me, and it was exactly as it I pictured it to be. Like it, it, you know, sometimes with Airbnbs, you get there and you're a bit like, "Oh, this is not as nice as I thought." Everything was lovely. Like the view was amazing, and like I didn't cry or anything, but I just was like, "Oh my god!" I was just overwhelmed. I just remember being like, "I can't." I know this is very strange to imagine, but I almost couldn't like, like I can't really put into words how it felt to finally be here I was like after all that build up for a year all the people I've said goodbye to everything and then I was like I'm just here it almost made me realize how even though it takes planning how simple it really is not simple maybe but like how possible it really is just to uproot your life and do something else like with planning obviously not like just like a drop of a hat but I don't know it was kind of like a sense of like freedom I guess to feel like I've actually done this and I've said I've done what I said I was going to do and then I just, yeah, had a really quick shower and was so tired. I just went to sleep and I slept like a baby. So I didn't have like a sad first night or anything, yeah, I mean, which is nice. That, I mean, that's probably the best best thing. And then as, we, yeah. as we've seen, you've really, really enjoyed it. What was the, um, what was the first day? Obviously, yeah, we talked about your bucket list, what you wanted mm-hmm. to do. But again, let's talk about the reality of it. What was you wake up on your Airbnb pillow after having your night's sleep, after your long day of yeah. travel? What what? What did Ellie do first day in Toronto? I think I woke up like circa half three in the morning because that would have been like half past eight. Yeah. Um, And then I was like, this is much too early. So I went back. I tried to go back to sleep. and I think I managed to wake up about five. And I remember just being like, I'd already made a list of what I needed to do on my first day, obviously, Greg. So I think I FaceTimed family members. Like I showed them. I think, yes, I think I talked to family and friends. And then I had a little yogurt thing I bought at the airport, so boring. But I ate that for breakfast. And then I just kind of, oh, I did a little Instagram story of me opening the blinds, because there's beautiful blinds in here with like a gorgeous view out. So I did a little Instagram, made a coffee from the little coffee machine here. And just kind of was like, what, like, is this my life now? Like, it, it's weird, because it didn't feel like a holiday. It just feels quite normal already. But then... What else did I do? I went for a little food shop. So I went and found like the local, I think it was like, oh no, Metro. That's where I went to. I think that's kind of like Tesco. I don't really know. Um, and then <laughs> I remember looking at the milk section and being like, I don't know what <laughs> this milk is. There were like 70 different types of milk. Some were in bags, some were in cartons. It was, honestly, that was probably one of my hardest moments of the first day was trying to establish. And then seeing the price of cheese, Greg, I can't talk about the price of cheese here. Like it is, it's very expensive. It's like London prices, probably. I think, um, which is fine because I've come from one expensive city to another. So I did a little food shop, 
And then what else did I do? I think I then, maybe I had a little wander, I need to look back in the old archives, you know, but I think I had a little wander around, I think it was nice weather, um, and then I think I got an early night, because I was really tired, and I tried to stay away, I think I managed, I think I got to sleep by like 8pm, which was quite good. So I did lots of life admin bits, and then just, yeah, then just was like, fuck it, I'm going to have tomorrow as a fresh new day, and that's what I did. Yeah. So... <laughs> Just a quick thing then, what, what, what's your milk of choice back in the UK? Oh, see, I really like skimmed milk. I will, I'm, I've grown up on semi-skimmed, you know, but I actually really like a skimmed milk. I've got now some weird, like, 1%. It says partly skimmed, and I'm like, I don't know what that means. I'm assuming that's semi-skimmed. I don't really know. So that's what I've got right now, and it's in a carton. And do you remember the episode of Friends where Joey's got the stabby thing to open the carton of milk? I need that. It's really bloody difficult. <laughs> I am the clientele for that item, so I might Google and see. Um, but yes, yeah, so I managed to get there with the milk and everything else. But it has been, it's been interesting. I did see a friend. I don't even want me to go into it now, but I did have, um, I did see a friend the second day and did like a proper touristy day. But the first day was very much life admin and just facetiming everyone I knew. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's talk about your your friends. Um, but before that, I, there's obviously one thing. When I spoke with Lottie and Kyle, they obviously went out to Canada earlier in the year, and they kind of sampled it before they made their decision to move. And you mentioned London prices, and I think the big thing that a lot of people will consider, and they're always on the fence about, is how can they afford it? Can they afford it? Is is it too much? Is it too little? How have you found, you know, the your your budgeting while you've been out there for that first two weeks? Have you been a bit bit heavy on like just the, the debit card tapping or have you been a bit more frugal that is a great question because that's the thing I was nervous about so one mistake almost I made but I managed to rectify it before I moved out was I'd done all my budgeting I was really proud of myself and then I realized I hadn't budgeted any just general spending from my first day up until I touch wood hopefully get a job in kind of like May or something like that so I had to then suddenly just work out what budget I was going to have and then I've had about so from now until the end of May, my budget's been about 45 CAD Canadian dollars a day, which is about, which isn't actually that much. It's about probably like 25, 30 pounds. Um, but I have basically just been kind of every few days, I've just been checking in on my budget and reassessing. But there's some days where I'll spend like literally $10, I'll just get a coffee. And other days where I'll spend more. And I think it's, so far it's been okay, actually. So far, I mean, it's not cheap. Like if I went out and bought myself lunch, then I couldn't then buy myself dinner as well. But that's like, you know, if there's then one day I do want to have like more of like a bougie, to use your word, day, then I probably just plan ahead and just like put more money aside for that. So, so far, it's been okay. But it isn't, as I said, it's definitely not cheap. Um, but I think it's manageable. I think I gave myself, I think it was like 1,000, just under 1,400 pounds to last me about seven weeks. Um, and again, that's not accommodations. Obviously, with Airbnb, that's all paid. There's no bills. Obviously, everything's included. So that's literally just spending for like you know food and like activities. And so far, I think that's fairly. I don't think it'd be that much, but actually, so far it's been manageable. I'd say. So have you been doing more more cooking in the Airbnb as opposed to eating out breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Sometimes, Greg, I prioritise the budget to be a burger king. Do you know what I mean? It just is what it is. But I do, yes, I bought some like jacket potatoes, very boring, but very cheap as well. So I've done a couple of those, I've made some eggs and stuff. So I've got like bits and bobs and I just 
boring things. I've just got myself some cereal for breakfast and then I'll spend money on like a dinner rather than like, you know, going out for like three meals a day or whatever, which would be very bougie anyway. Um, so yes, I'm kind of, I've got like a hybrid situation, <laughs> but it all depends, as I said, what I'm doing. Like today I'm meeting those friends and I'll probably, you know, use my budget more for when I see them and then just make myself some dinner later. But it's just keeping an eye on it. I think, as I said, every couple, two to three days, I just like reassess it and make sure I'm like tracking okay, which I never did in London. I think I was used to just having an overdraft if I needed it. Whereas now, I think the minute you're like, you've saved all this money and you want to like make sure that you don't like go over your, I don't know, there's more of like an urgency for me to make sure I don't overspend now compared to just before in London where it was much more secure. Like now I'm like, I guess I, before I was almost, like was also sorry only relying on me but now that's almost like it's more serious now I'm like really I am really just relying on me <laughs> like obviously I'm sure like in an emergency situation my mum would help me but like it feels very independent and I was living in a house with housemates before and stuff and not as in like I could just not pay my rent I always pay my rent <laughs> but it's much more like when I'm you're literally on your own it feels much more hardcore yeah much more no, the, the the adult life does hit when you're obviously abroad, living alone. You've got to take care of your own food, your own cooking, your own cleaning, your own entertainment as well. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. and with Canada as well, yeah, the um, I suppose the the general cost of living is a bit higher, obviously, compared to what yeah. my experience is with it. Um, but have you found those little home comforts in your in your shop? You mentioned like jacket potatoes, you know, potatoes and beans, quite a no. quite a British thing, but. And anything. This is my hardest situation so far because I have not. <laughs> this is so first world problem. I have not found anything that I am obsessed with yet. Like the, the closest I can say, maybe Captain Crunch. But you can actually buy that in the UK, so that's not really. But I bloody love Captain Crunch. So that's good shiz. Um, but things like the McDonald's here. Obviously, we've touched on it before. Probably my McDonald's obsession. They don't have, the McDonald's here are slightly different. I mean, the actual food is fine, but they don't have like the condiments that we have in the UK. They don't have like sweet chili dip. It's very different. And I have to say, I do miss the UK McDonald's. However, the plus side for my heart and my well-being, like body-wise, it's probably going to thank me because I'm not going to eat it like three times a week. So yes, there's lots of foods that have been nice, but nothing so far like, I'm not obsessed with anything, but there's still, obviously, time, you know? There's still time. I've only been here under two weeks. I'm sure I'll find stuff I'm truly obsessed with. But there's lots of nice things still, like Tim Hortons and their little Timbits, I think they're called. I call them Titbits in the shop, which is like, Timbits? I was like, yeah, I apologise. So they're really good. <laughs> but then we have Tim Hortons in the UK now. Yeah, there's... Really? The, you know, that, that, that cultural ba barrier between Canada and the UK is mm. just ever smaller, just because so many... Brits and Canadians, you know, it's almost like they interchange. Like when people retire to go to Spain from the UK, kind yeah. of so many British people tend tend to go out there. Yeah, uh, totally. But yeah, so overall, there's a few of oh, home comforts. Why, sorry, to go back to that, what have I found as home comforts? Um, they do have like dairy milk and things like that, and like Doritos and all those kind of things. Um, but tea is the thing I found difficult. They only have, well, I've only seen Yorkshire tea and Tetley. Um, so I'm living off Tetley right now, and I'll be honest with you, I miss twining up here. I miss the option of like 78 different types of English breakfast tea, and they do not have it here. They're very into herbal tea. They're, and I, I am not a fan. So that's tricky. 
Um, but I think if I maybe go to a larger supermarket, I think my second Airbnb is near a Walmart. So I really am excited to go there. That's on the bucket list. Oh, the Walmart Best Buy life. That's going to... Oh, yeah. That's the stuff. So I'll, I'll keep you updated once that... Just give me an Instagram highlight just of your experience in Walmart. Yeah, That's all I want. Walmart. Oh, my God. Tempting. Hey, my name's Ellie, and I'm going to go into Walmart for the first time. <laughs> so I'm going to start vlogging. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Oh, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, making knots. <laughs> because it. I feel like we're going to be slipping into the accent game a bit how have you found the Toronto accent and how have you found people react to your accent as well so, Southampton London girl when people ask where I'm from the first person I said I'm from Southampton which is like the south of England but I lived in London for, and I realised they don't they're not interested in that so I just say I'm from London like it's so much easier like it's just, yeah, I mean, no, to be honest, I've been doing a lot of solo stuff and I haven't had loads of interactions yet, but a couple that I did have, so I was at the cinema on what was it, Friday night to see that film about Air Jordans, you know, the um, the Nike film, Nike, which is really good, by the way, like solid eight out of 10, fantastic film, loved it. Um, but someone in the cinema next to me, so they had like their bags on the chair I booked. And I was like, oh, so sorry, like, I think I booked this one. Classic me, so sorry, this is my chair. And they were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And it was like this uh, really lovely gay couple with their son. Um, and I was just chatting away to him and he was just like, oh my God, you're from London. And he was like, your teeth don't look like you're from England. I was like, thank you so much. And then he was like, are you here on your own? Good for you. Good for you. And I was like, I'm fine. But he said it in such a genuine way. It wasn't like, there was no undertone of him being like rude. He was so lovely. Um, and I was chatting away to him for like a good 15 minutes, obviously before the film started. So he was lovely. And then I went to the museum up the road and the guide, the lady there, she was just so pleasant and so friendly. Like majority of people have been so lovely. Um, and yeah, I've had a few kind of like, where are you from? And now I said, I just say London. I don't try and explain like how where Southampton is. I'm like, there's no point. <laughs> They don't, they, they don't understand. No, they, no. I mean, I, I think I remember my first time having like the, the boys holiday when I was a, a young one and you try to explain to people where Reading is and they're like, eh? Yeah. <laughs> like, just you, just, you just default to London, don't you? You're either London or Manchester or Liverpool, basically a country that's for some reason famous. <laughs> Fine, exactly. Yeah. So no, so far so good. Everyone's been friendly and long may it continue, let's just say. Long well, may it continue. I mean, I think besides a lot of the Scandinavian countries, uh, Canadians are known to be some of the nicest in the world. So I think you're in just for a, a pleasant treat, shall we say. Fingers crossed, folks. Fingers crossed. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's dive into to your friendships and kind of the experience of it all. Obviously, um, you were going to go out there with your friend Jess, delayed Lottie and Carla coming out a bit later. But you've got some, um, you know, you, you've, you know <laughs> friends, you know. But Friends, yeah. <laughs> leaving well, you to do it all first, test the water. God love her, but how dare she? But how have yeah. you found actually kind of more of the social things? I mean, two weeks, yeah, you could probably spend a lot of that time exploring by yourself, being a solo traveller. But how yeah. have you have you done anything socially with someone? Have you made that kind of day long connection, or have you made a Canadian friend? I have had two like official social interactions. <laughs> so the first one so I arrived Tuesday evening the Wednesday I did as we talked about my admin day the Thursday morning I had a job interview which was over Zoom but then Thursday very specific here but Thursday afternoon I met up with a friend of a friend called Seb 
um, really lovely guy and we just spent like hours doing touristy stuff so like bless him he'd like planned a route of like places to take me because he'd been in Toronto for a few weeks and he's then going off traveling um I think he's in Montreal right now um and we had like a one day crossover and I was like let's make sure we do like a proper touristy day so he showed me where like the Toronto sign was he was like we'll get your content for Instagram um and we just had such a fun time it was really really good um and then we ended up at like a Britishy style pub and like play cards and play pool and stuff and it was it was so nice so we I had like a full-on like touristy fun day and that was so lovely as a solo traveler as much as I really was craving that time just to have the solo experiences and I'm so comfortable just doing stuff on my own it was actually really nice to have an interjection of like social time and like to hear like a familiar accent as well that was so nice so I'd advise if possible even if it's just I say it just like a friend of a friend, someone who like, you know, you've just been recommended like to hang out with, like do it, like take the time to do that. Because like, like I now consider him like a friend of mine and that's really nice that like, we had such a good time. Um, so that was great. So that was the Thursday and that's where all my content was from, you know, picture of me with a maple leaf and all that shit. Bless him, he took so many pictures. Um, and we went to Graffiti Alley as well, which is a really cool spot. And we saw this man doing graffiti live and I was like, Seb, I was like, do I get a picture with him? And he was like, no. <laughs> so we just carried on. Um, but it was great. That was a lovely day. And then I went on, my second interaction was on, was it? Oh my God. It was so Friday. No, Thursday night, last Thursday. Um, I had a date. Oh. I went on a hinge date. Um, with a, did I tell you about that? I can't remember. I you, you, you mentioned you were going on a, on a date with uh, a Canadian lad. And yes. well, I mean, gosh, tell me more. How how was? How, I mean, oh, gosh, I mean, yeah, tell everyone. Um, I mean, yeah, but, tell oh, God. Let, let's. Um, I mean, let, tell me how how was it? Were there, was he a gentleman? How was he? Yeah. Um, it was a very innocent date. I'd like to make that crystal clear for my mum listening. Um, we just literally went to a bar up the road a couple of minutes from my um, flat, just because I was. I'm still a bit nervous to go too far, like further away. Um, but yeah, it was really nice. He was perfectly nice. Um, he was a paramedic. He was, yeah, it was, it was really nice. I mean, I don't know, like dating wise, I don't know if I'm really ready to like properly get myself out there again yet. I was just, you know, test, I'm not saying testing the waters because that sounds awful because it wasn't that at all, but it was just like, I don't hundred percent know where I'll go with that, but obviously, you know, I'm open to it. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, it was, it was still a nice day. We had a good time. And yeah, he was very, um, yeah, very pleasant. And I think I, it was funny because we went to a British bar again and I went in there expecting the staff to be like British and be like, you know, very kind of, I don't know, very traditionally like English and they just were not. <laughs> Everyone was Canadian and also the drinks were so strong. Like, I don't know if their measures there are different. I asked for a double gin and it was tasted basically just like gin. And I was like, what? Um, but apart from that, yeah, it was all good. So they're my two social interactions so far. I, I've got another one today, which I'm very excited about with the two old work friends. It was supposed to be last week and they got cancelled, so it's going to be this week. And yes, I'm very much looking forward to it. Very much so. Are these, are these work friends, are these from your kind of work agency that obviously have the Canadian office or are these just, are these UK um, ex-co-workers who have moved to Canada or they're Canadian? Hmm. So 
so what they are, what they are. What? Uh, so I used to work at Grey London um, in in London, obviously. And there are two people I used to work with. One of the girls um, was Canadian and came back to Canada. So she was here. And then another girl um, worked with me on the Pringles team and now has moved up here to the Grey London office. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like for different reasons they moved back here. But it was, you know, it's really nice to know that I had two people here and I really got on with them. And they're both absolutely lovely. So I very much look forward to seeing them and just having like, I don't know, just like some more social time with people that I, you know, have met before and get on with. And yeah, I think it'll be really nice to have that, as I said, just that interjection. As much as it's lovely to do your own thing, it's just nice to, I don't know. It'll be nice. Just like talk about British things. Yeah, as long as I don't take you back to a British pub, I mean... Yeah, true, actually. Yeah, no more British pubs now. Yeah. I've been to enough, and now it's like I need to do more Canadian. I don't know what Canadian pubs, like, what they involve. No. Like, I, maple syrup? Like, I don't know. I, I, don't, don't know. I don't know why. I just imagine them being very, very safe. like Almost like a cleaner Weatherspoons. To- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know when I do go to one. Please, you've got to, like, just, you got to show me all these cultural divides. I want to see, you know, you in the Walmart. I need to see what the Canadian, I mean... You probably is that you? Do you know what you know? Walkabout, you know walkabout. Everyone knows a walkabout. Vaguely. Vaguely. Yeah. Oh right. Well, it's it's a really it's a frankly it's a it's a shit Australian themed bar that seems to be everywhere in the UK. Australian themed. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah. they stick up an Australian flag and a fake crocodile, and it's Australian. But um, between that and a Weatherspoons, we we need to see we need to hear more about what the um the Canadian walkabout and Weatherspoon situation is. I need to do my research on that. I just went on about how I was so prepped. Actually, I've done no research on like a typical Canadian pub or bar, so I will look into that yes. and I will try and update you on that. Yeah, I don't. I just don't want you to fall behind. I just need people need to know. This is what the people want to know. When you're British, you need to know where to go for a deep no. and drink. I'm just really talking about British pubs, aren't I? I'm so sorry. Yeah, this... um, I have been to Tim Hortons, though, like I said. <laughs> uh, where else? Where else is very Canadian? Uh, I don't really know. I, I've, got, I've got a few kind of, um, these aren't my quickfire questions that I normally ask. We're not jumping to the end quite yet. But there's, there's a few things that I'd like to know that I'm kind of basing from my experience watching terrible movies. Lovely. Um, true or false, is there a maple syrup um, container on every table in every restaurant? Pretty much, yeah. Well, everywhere I've been so far, they'll put like the sides down and it's always like a jug of maple syrup. And I'm just like, fine, that's cool. Um, and it's bloody good, by the way. I'm really, I've bought myself some and I've already drunk. drunk. <laughs> I'm just wow. down about two thirds of it with my egos, which, by the way, are really good. Wasn't keen at first. I've totally come round. Egos, they're, they're just the waffles from Stranger Things, aren't they? They are correct, yeah. And now I do understand why she's obsessed. I wasn't, yeah, I just don't, at first I just didn't love them, but they grew on me. So, yeah, fair enough. Uh, um, question two Do a lot of Canadians have an upward inflection when they talk. I remember the guy I went on a date with, he had, he was very Canadian. Um, they're just very passionate. They're very open, very friendly, like compared to like dating in the UK, like if they think that they'll be like, you look great by the way, like, they'll be like very um, forthcoming with like their like friendliness and kindness, I think, which is very, not saying guys in the UK are horrible, um, but it's just nice to have that different kind of like cultural shift, I guess, in a way. Um, but yes, I say I haven't heard too much of the actual upward and the if, but I haven't really heard that yet. I think maybe I need to go more into like, I don't know, more like the sticks almost for that. 
Um, but it's, yeah, and it's funny because you hear a lot of people who are like, you know, the French Canadian, and there's a guy who ran the diner I went to, he was like, he, I've heard him, I overheard him saying he's from Quebec. So he had like a Canadian accent, but like, I remember being like, oh, I can't quite place that. And I think it's because he was French, but with like a Canadian accent. So it's, it's, it's so multicultural here as well. It's amazing. There's so many people from so many walks of life. It's, it's great. I love it. You're going to be making a lot of connections, I feel. Lots of friends. I um, so. We, you, well, I don't feel so bad asking this question because you said that someone, you know, commented on your teeth that you can't be British with your teeth. Ellie's got perfectly fine teeth. Um, <laughs> have you come across any Canadians who are missing teeth from playing hockey? Ooh, no. I haven't met many, sadly. I haven't met many hockey players yet. Apparently it's down season. I think it's, their team is called the Maple Leafs, which I think, I thought was a joke at first. Um, but it is. And I love it. I love it. So it's the Maple Leafs for hockey. It is the Blue Jays for baseball, which I'm going to on Monday. But no, no missing teeth yet. I will let you know, but I'm hoping they don't have. Is that what from the pucks like hitting them? Yeah. Like oh, okay, I don't yeah, know. No. Not as of yet, Greg. No. Not as of I yet. will keep my eyes peeled oh. next time I see a man's hockey man's mouth. Yes, keep an eye out for that one. And have you been caught in a almost endless circle, like a snake eating its own tail of a British person saying, sorry to bother you, and a Canadian saying, I'm sorry? Have you been caught in the apology no. Oh my gosh. No, I feel like because I have had quite minimal social interactions, I haven't as of yet, but they do say sorry a lot and they are very polite. I've definitely noted and logged the politeness already, um, which is nice because it's kind of like a home from home. Yeah. Just like you know, tipping it down with rain yesterday, I was like, it's like home from home. Oh, well, it's going to so be tipping down here. Similarities, which is really quite nice. Yeah. You know, same, same, but different, the, apparently, with the Canadians and the Brits. Precisely, yeah. The cultural shift is not too huge. It's much calmer than London, like, even though it's a big city. No one's, like, rushing. Unless they're, like, on a jog, people aren't rushing on the streets. And I still find that, in like, I'm, I'm that's probably the most difficult thing to adapt to just the pace of life being calmer mm. I, I suppose moving from London it's it's a massive shift and everyone's so busy to get onto the tube they need and get the food yeah. they want that now you're in a nice calm Canada yeah. totally and I've been out in the like in the week like oh it's not just like at weekends but on weekdays and stuff even then I feel like it's still like, quite busy but it's not the intensity of London and it, I feel like like the streets here are cleaner and like visually it's just like yeah cleaner and like wider and like it's just yeah it's it's the same but different it's yeah and again that's something that caught my eye again from your fantastic instagram stories look the the view from your from the window of your airbnb those roads i mean comparing it to the view you'd have in london it's ridiculous how big the roads are i mean i know they say everything's bigger in america and obviously canada by by association but yeah it it's and i mentioned this to, to lottie as well the kind of sense of scale for someone coming from wow. england a small island really it's yeah. it's really hard to fathom really just how much bigger everything is because there's so there's so much more room yeah i can't get my head around it and the idea that like i guess in england you go from like the isle of wight to scotland within like the space of a day whereas here it would take you like five days to drive to like Vancouver or something ridiculous and it's just there's there's limited things you could do as like a weekend trip you know that would unless you fly obviously 
but like driving and stuff. I mean, I'd like to drive at some point. I'm not desperate right now. I don't feel like I need it. But I think when Lottie and Kyle are here and we live together, we might rent a car and do, like we'll go to Vancouver and stuff probably. Um, so then I might have a go. But yeah, the roads are just so much wider. There's also quite a lot of police around and stuff. And lots of people like managing the traffic when it gets too busy. It feels very like, I don't know if that's just like, maybe I've just like overly noticed it but that's really nice and it's quite comforting to see I don't know see the last doing their thing so yeah it's really lovely and the rose outside my window there's actually a building opposite sorry on the other side um with like a beautiful arch and I went in there the other day and they're like I'm sorry ma'am this is private land and I didn't realize it's like a five-star building opposite me and I was just there like wandering around on FaceTime to my friends I was like, oh. <laughs> they were really friendly. They were so nice. If that had been in London, they would have been so like so much ruder, I think. Yeah, you probably would have been yelled at. Like it's private land, but they were so pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's the cultural difference, I guess. Yeah. So, Manners. Madness. Yeah. So we've we've talked about getting there. We've talked about your kind of like wonderful, you know, you know, honeymoon experience that you're going through at the moment, and this just falling in love as we knew you would. But let's yes. talk about, and we talk about the reality of it. So let's talk about kind of the next big step, which everyone will have to do if you're spending that much time abroad, um, the work. So when when we discussed it um, initially, we, it was quite early days to be reaching out to recruiters, but you had a couple of emails, a couple of chats here and there. And you mentioned now looking for kind of starting sometime around May. But how how are you finding the job search and the job market in, uh, in Canada, especially as someone from, from England, do you find, yeah, yeah. yeah t- tell me about it, tell me about your job search. The job search, so initially I was using, and I still am to be honest, like one specific recruiter, um, and I had like a few bits and bobs with them, I had one really promising lead, which actually turned out not to be quite the right opportunity, so I did reject that, I was offered it and rejected it last week, um, however, like parallel to that, I also had an opportunity um, with finally, it came up with my old company but in Canada, um, well, like one of their sister companies, because for a long time there were no vacancies and then there was, and I was asked to interview. Um, so I'm actually waiting to hear on that one. Um, I don't know what the outcome will be. Obviously, I'm hoping I get the job, but it's kind of like, we'll wait and see. Um, and if I don't, then I am back on, I'm kind of waiting on the response from that one, hopefully early next week, until I potentially need to jump back on the recruitment train. Um, but I, as much as obviously I, I do need a job and will get a job, I feel like I could stretch to starting like in June and just be really careful with my money in order to wait for like the right opportunity because I want to find a job that I see myself in for quite a long time. Obviously, my visa is two years. Um, the plan is one, but if I really like it, which I obviously so far am, I would look to stay. It doesn't have to be for another whole year, but you know, I would be looking to stay for longer. Um, so yeah, I just want to wait for the right thing to come along, but yeah, it'll all depend kind of what the outcome is of this job I've been interviewing for is, and yeah, we'll just wait and see, fingers crossed, but so far, I think there, there is stuff out there, but there's not as much as there would be in London, that that is definitely, that's the difference I notice, that also things move a lot slower in Canada, no one is rushing, <laughs> so it's like recruiters in, compared to like London recruiters in here, I think everything is a much like, not like really slow, but just like slow, slightly slower pace compared to, I've come from such a fast, <laughs> sounds like a CV, doesn't it? Such a fast paced environment. And now I'm in like a, not like sleepy at all, because it is still a city, but I'm just kind of adapting to things not being quite as fast. 
So yes, we'll wait and see what next week brings. But hopefully, if I don't get that job, I will find something else soon. But I just, yeah, I'm really quite enjoying being unemployed, Greg. I'll be honest with you. I'll be totally frank with you. I'm bloody loving being unemployed. Not waking up to an alarm. Heaven. No. Amazing. Yeah, no, my, 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 my alarm is something else. And, well, I, I, I hope you enjoy it while it's there. But I also hope you find, find the job that you're looking for, ideally. But, and um, I think I will. I've got some, like, potential like, good leads and good contacts and things. So I'm sure... Like, if I need to kind of crack on again with that next week, I'm sure it will come through. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I'm just going to be as careful as I can with my money and just – and also just really value these last, you know, this last bit of time that I probably have before I am working because I haven't had – so if I do start a job in May, um, that will have given me a month off from working, which I haven't had that long off in, like, years, literal years. So I'm just going to still wow. try and enjoy that, you know, pot of time the last bit of this pot of time what I can yeah definitely I mean especially coming from London you work hard you play hard but you know you get you get tired quick as well I do yeah yeah you know that's probably that's probably the the British McDonald's talking though I'm 30 now you know I'm not here to like go crazy partying (laughs) but I am here to enjoy my life and just make sure that I make the most of the opportunity that is in front of me so yeah yeah and obviously before you left one of the I suppose one of the preparation in terms of saving up some money before you moved out there was you took, let, let's make it sound cool, you took a side hustle as being a, a bartender. You took a side hustle as a bartender in London. You know, very cool. You were, Do you think that's that might be a little side hustle you might want to try? Everyone tends to, you know, work at a bar when they go travelling. I know you're looking for, you know, not, not to dunk again on any of the uh, people who use bartending as, as a full-time profession, but would you be looking to kind of sample, maybe you could work at the English pub, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. Well, you've already, I mean, technically, you're more qualified than the people working there. Very true, Greg. Yeah, oh my God, they'd be like, get out. <laughs> um, I think if needs be later down the line, if I still am not finding something and I want to hold out a bit longer, I would do that just to kind of, yeah, tide me over. Um, but the ideal would be to stay, like, within my field and find something that I, you know, within the project management kind of, like, area is the goal. Um, and hopefully that'll work out. But no, I'm not against it at all. Like it's, it'll be very rom-com of me to go and work in a bar as well. Um, I've tried to put myself in rom-com situations. I tried to go in a park and sit and wait. No one came up to me. You were there for hours. Like lost. No one's really helped me. Um, you dropped a stack of papers as well in, in a random library. Literally, I'm trying my best. You know, I'm trying my best. But for now, it might just have to be coaching. Oh, well. Sad. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry. The, the the classics, or you know, they never die, do they? They never die. Exactly. Old reliable hinge. <laughs> yeah. It is definitely. It, there's definitely different clientele here compared to England. I think it's. There's a lot of very tall people. Like everyone's very tall, which is interesting. Um, I haven't actually dated that many tall people in general, but it looks like I may now need to. So, can't complain. Uh, <laughs> needs must, right? it is what it is but yeah there we go i'm sure there's also loads of lovely not tall people but yeah yeah, we'll wait and see time will tell something that's just popped into my head is um when it comes to employment and in in america and i'm not 100 about canada so forgive me if i'm wrong on this one but (laughs) you have to do all your taxes and declare everything yourself paperwork and i don't want to make them put you know scare the shit out of you because i know a lot of people hate it 
But have you done much research into obviously when it comes to that full financial year process, obviously moving out there for a year, potentially two? So I actually asked, so I set up my bank account now. So I have a social insurance number. I have a bank account now. Um, I'm just waiting on the debit card. Um, but I talked to the woman at the bank and she said we can book a separate appointment to talk about that. But then when I was on my date, it's a very sexy topic for my date, I was like, so tell me about tax. How does this work? What do you do? And apparently you get sent a form by the government, which you fill in and then you just send it back to them. And it, they just basically see if you need to pay any more money or if you get anything back so i don't really so that apparently it's really straightforward is what i've heard from a living breathing person but then i don't know if that's because he was a paramedic so i don't know if that's like a different like if he i don't even know greg but i'm gonna book an appointment to talk about it um but yeah apparently it's simple i don't know if that's definite but that is what a real canadian man has said to me so right okay well um keep his number because then if it comes to it and it's not you know who to blame (laughs) And he, he'll oh, apologize. Day, but... <laughs> Can you come back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you remember me. Um, yeah, oh my God. I like to hope I'm memorable. <gasps> and obviously, another sexy topic. Um, in, in the UK, we're kind of one of the countries kind of blessed with uh, the NHS um, oh, and, you know, free healthcare. What's the situation like in Canada? Because you're going to have to sort yourself out. And you mentioned having a medical. You're going to have to prove that you're... Uh, a, a healthy healthy lady but what's the um the healthcare situation like have you had to local with your register with your local gp so i haven't done any of that yet and i was told it's kind of just like almost like private like you'll go in and if you like want to book like a blood test or something you then just pay for it and there's different like ser- like pharmacy and like surgeries and stuff so it's similar to uk but you then would just pay but then the paramedics told me that apparently you don't so I don't know, really, I'll be honest. And I don't know if maybe he got, like, you know, misinterpreted what I was saying. Maybe he, I don't know. Um, but I'm pretty sure you can just go to one of the, there's lots of, like, I've seen them as I've been walking, like, surgeries or whatever, um, like, doctor's surgeries and stuff. And I, I actually don't know, because so far I've been healthy. Um, so I think I would need to just literally go in and ask. But I don't know if you register for a specific one. If you do, I need to add that to my to-do list. But then I'm also like, do I wait and do that until I'm in somewhere more settled from September-ish? So I'll be honest with you. I think you just pay as you go, but I could be wrong. That's very much I'll have to wait until I get ill and then update you. Slash just and maybe do some research, more research. I don't know. Do that on your off day. Do that on your off day. That's not very helpful at all. But yeah, so far, I'm not 100% sure. (laughs) Anyone else who knows, message in. Um, oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyone else out there, please let us know. Oh, please. You'll, you'll, you'll find Ellie. She's she's the main Canadian Instagram influencer. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> influencer, that's me. Yeah. And um, I suppose the next thing when it comes to sorting out the, the, the boring things, the, the must-haves, if you're looking to get a job, I'm assuming they can't reach you on a UK phone number, have you sorted out a Canadian mobile SIM card? <laughs> I mean, I have basically got a SIM where I'm just like pay as you go, like seventeen ninety nine, no sixteen ninety nine a month. It's my UK number still, but I can call for like free of charge, like Canadian numbers and all this shit. So it's fine from me to other people in Canada, but and like it hasn't been a problem so far with job interviews and stuff. Um, but I think I will need to get one at some point. But it doesn't seem to be like a necessity or like a requirement for me to have one. I think it's more just like like the other day I couldn't book cinema tickets online because it wouldn't let me put in a UK number, and I'll. Um, 
but yes, I think I will need to at some point, even if it's just a separate sim that I put in just to use for, you know, that number. Um, but so far I don't. I'm on the same number. Oh. So there we go. Gosh, well, yeah. we're getting there. Again, only two weeks on. getting there slowly. The bank account is like the main thing. So whenever I do get a job, I can be paid, which is because you can't be paid into your Monzo um, or like Revolut or whatever card that is. You can't be paid in there. So you have. So I now run the HSBC, which is fab. Um, and yes, hopefully everything else will just fall into place. But I feel like so far everything is going well. Touch wood. I mean, again, from everything that I've seen, and you said, again, always got that wonderful, optimistic yeah. smile. Um, Thank you. Just, so, you know, make it till you make it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're well, <laughs> turn the very, camera off, break down. No, I feel very, very relaxed, very happy, and very privileged in the position I'm in even though I've like worked bloody hard for it and saved my money and stuff like I still feel very I don't know like it's still like I'm like there are still times when I like can't believe this is happening but then I don't know I just yeah I feel settled I guess is the word I feel calm and settled yeah zen. you've got the zen going on and I've got the zen going on <laughs> good well, so got got we're potentially looking at the health insurance we're looking at the bank account and thanks to a multiple sources canadian man taxes seem easy yes yeah 100 so um, yeah we'll keep up keep updated on that keep updated yeah. on that and before you kind of go into the working world going back to that nine to five or whatever the standard hours are in canada hopefully nine to five something that you're used to yeah i think it is you're you're still looking to explore you're still looking to see You've seen uh, quite a few sites. I mean, there's, there's almost too many to, rec to for me to spell out slash remember. But is there anything else still on your list that's going to go by? And part two of that question, have you started to know the area? So have you moved away from Google Maps? I have a little bit. Like, I feel like I know Yorkville now. Like, I do definitely, like, I still have it there as, like, a backup. But overall, I feel like I'm starting to know places now. Um, I was just looking at my list as well. So for next week, I could, I saying, I, I saying, I'm saying to myself, just because I have a lot of discussions with myself these days, if I end up starting a job on like the first of May next week, it's like my last week to like do all my touristy things. So I'm going to go to the CN Tower, I'm going to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame, I'm going to go to Toronto Islands and do the trip, to the Skyline, a couple of museums I still want to do, a couple of like markets and stuff. So there's going to be a lot going on touchwood next week so stay tuned oh, at you not listeners because you're my number one fan on instagram i have yeah. to tell it myself <laughs> delusional and <laughs> um, oh no i've completely lost lost it you've, you've distracted me your your, your instagram influence yeah. it's going to come back to me it's going to come back to me so don't worry about it oh yes it's come back to me it's come back to me straight away it's funny how I was thinking about McDonald's because in my head, the answer is McDonald's. So I don't know if there's this whole thing, you know, hold the answer to my head. You know, McDonald's is the answer. But what is the, per have you made a purchase yet that has been like, oh my God, oh my God, my first Canadian purchase. No, not like picking up Lou Roll and jacket potatoes, but have you picked something up like, I don't know, a crop top with the Canadian flag on it or in my mind, the McGriddle. Have you bought that first kind of Canadian purchase yet, or something that's now become the the first the first thing? The first I'm trying to look around. So I'm actually going to a gift shop. I 
potentially today or tomorrow because I need to get a present, a little present for my niece and nephew because it was their birthdays recently. But when I'm in that gift shop, I may also get myself something like a little key ring or like a, like a garish t-shirt. Also, just for like my memories, I probably wouldn't wear the t-shirt out because I look, I'd probably be preyed upon by like scammers. Um, but so far, it's just literally been my groceries and probably the McGriddle is the best Canadian thing I've bought. I, I've been, that's actually maybe the closest I've got to finding something I'm obsessed with because that I was never a McDonald's breakfast fan before but my god that's good shit that's there's like syrup in the pancakes and then a chicken bit oh it's so good so good that I'm gonna maybe purchase one of those tomorrow actually on my way to the CN Tower so no that's Tuesday the Blue Jays game is tomorrow so I will keep you updated on that but yes I'd say the McGriddle is my favorite purchase so far <laughs> of course so I was right so, exactly, you were right. Thought. Blue Jay game, baseball. Baseball? Or was that bat hockey? Baseball, yeah, very boring apparently. Um, Do you know? Hours no idea. I've never played baseball in my life. I've never watched baseball in my life. I am going purely as a tick box to say I have done it. And, you know, the experience. I might love it. I might become like the biggest baseball fan you've ever met, Greg. Oh, no. You don't know. What? But I've been told by multiple people it's boring. Oh. Um, I mean, I've heard that as well. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I hear about the American baseball scene. I've, I've never heard anything yeah. about the Canadian baseball scene, so. Interesting. Well, there you go. The more you know. I'll, I'll let you know yeah. on Tuesday how yeah. it goes. So maybe yeah. take a, like, a little sign saying that you're British if you get on the cam. Wear the cam in the yeah. t-shirt. Never like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. I don't even know yeah. if it's a big enough thing that they do like the big squid. I don't even know, Greg. We'll soon, we'll soon oh, yeah. find out. Again, I'm living, I'm living through you for this. And yeah. until, until like, Lottie and Carl go out, you're, you're my main source of Canadian influence. Yeah, there's going to be lots more, like, further afield adventures. I think when Lottie and Kyle come out, which would be great, like Niagara Falls and all, all that kind of stuff. But everything more closer to home at the moment, I'm going to try and do before they get here. Fingers crossed. Oh. Well, I mean, I'm going to say this again, Ellie. I mean, the last podcast, I just love talking to you about it. Or this one is, you know, it's just one, it's been a pleasure speaking with you again. And... You too, Greg. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Oh, oh. Ah, oh, ah, oh. straight at the heartstrings. And again, I'd, I'd like to, you know, once you're more settled in and say you've become Canadian, you've planted your your, your little trotters in the soil a little bit more. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Yep. And um, yes, get you back on the show if 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 I could. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, maybe like. Oh, yeah, in a few months after, like, I've done, like, the biggie things, like, now, or maybe even trip, but I've done, like, Vancouver or something. It'll be amazing, yeah. I think that'll be really nice. And but for now, I will try and get a job. Yes, so, so next steps, job, get settled, and then obviously just, you know, acclimate. Be, be Canadian. And, be Canadian. You know, I'm Canadian. Eat more maple syrup, probably put some weight on. But, you know, it's fine. And I'd, I'd also like you to just um, practice your Canadian accent more. I want to I want to see this natural development. This is now like an audio record. And, you know, because I know that your mother would, is, is going to want to see the video as well. I'd also like to have that, you know, your, your yeah, accent game on point. Hi, Ellie's mum. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Shout out to Lynn, all the way in Southampton. Um, also, quick note, my mum's going to get two kittens and my old housemates have also got kittens. And I'm like, why has everyone purchased <laughs> like cats the second I've left? Well, I, th I think that's because you are, you're the cat-obsessed person, so they needed something to fill that Ellie-shaped void. Oh, and what is I that like Ellie-shaped void but kittens? 
I like to hope so. Also, last point on pets, everyone here has dogs, like excessively. Every man, every other man I see is walking a dog, which I'm fine with. Um, but I'm like, what is, I don't understand. It's actually, maybe it's the outdoorsy vibe. I don't know. But that's just a one last visual for you there. Just imagine a lot of dogs all the time, often in matching outfits when it's women. Well, you must be loving that though. I am. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Can't complain. All in all, 10 <laughs> would recommend moving to Canada. Well, I'll, I'll be sure to tell my dog that yes, Canada's the one for dogs. Yeah. If you ship oh, my carpet again. Oh, amazing. So we obviously went through, before we wrap up, we went through my quick fire questions with you. I, I feel we'll, we'll save them again for the next podcast. But I have one question I'd like to ask you, and this might be a bit insightful, or but one thing that kind of really stood out from things you said in our last podcast and I really admired it again I, I I said to you I was like so happy and proud and that that you were well, you know making this big move you've done it before and you know I think it was fantastic you not only moved from Southampton I remember you telling me about the journey from Southampton to London and I completely admired you for doing that and again when you said you're going to Canada completely respected you for doing that and I'm so happy you've done it but this is this is um kind of what you said and I'd like you once I read this back to you could you just tell me how does this feel hearing it back now that you're there okay it all feels quite strange but I feel that if I can move to London surely I can move to Canada how does that feel hearing that back because you were quite it feels very I see points like that I don't really think about and as I said I don't really feed into it too much people say like you're brave you're this or that as lovely as that is, I'm kind of just like, oh, I'm just doing it, I guess. But hearing my own words back is really interesting. And it's kind of like, you look back at, like, past you and you're like, you know what? Like, I am very proud of myself. I think it's one of those things where sometimes you have to, like, you get so wrapped up in, like, like sorting your bank account, sorting your whatever. Like, all these, like, bits and bobs. Sometimes it's, you need to stop and just, like, appreciate, like, that you've actually done something this big. And now like moments like that make me stop and have those moments where I'm like yeah I actually did it I'm really proud of myself for doing it like the last year has been very you know intense with planning it and thinking you know have I prepped enough have I done this have I done that like doing the two jobs like looking back at everything I've done and everything I've overcome and like again like as I said like the people I've left behind and like the sacrifices I've made to be here it's yeah it's 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 quite like a full circle moment to hear those words I guess is the best way to describe it and I have no regrets at all about doing it which I think is the most important thing like it will take some getting used to still like you know still new but I'm proud of myself yeah no I can say I'm proud of myself same here well again Ellie thank you so much for being on the show and continue enjoying Canada I will do always a pleasure thank you so much Thank you for joining us today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the Tales from Travellers podcast to stay up to date on past and future episodes. I'm always looking to share new stories from expats and repats from all over the world. So please reach out if you'd like to share your story. You never know, your story could be the one that helps someone make that life-changing choice. You can find us on Instagram at Tales from Travellers. I'd love to hear your story, and more importantly, I'd love to share it with the world. I look forward to hearing from you. But thanks again for joining me, and until next time, happy travels.